Buckle up as we launch into the second half of the Counterculture Mom Show. Here's your host, Tina Griffin. Patty Foster's life came to a screeching halt on June 18, 2002, when a tractor-trailer rig pulling a trailer full of cars going 67 miles an hour barreled into the back of her stop Tahoe at a stoplight. One of her friends died upon impact. Patty was ejected from the vehicle and suffered multiple severe injuries, along with a horrific brain injury. She was in a coma for six weeks. But Patty is here with us today, alive and on fire. This is the Counterculture Mom Show. I'm your host, Tina Griffin. And our sponsor for this Eyewitness Accounts of Heaven series is Capstone Legacy Foundation. Capstone is a Christian nonprofit dedicated to donor intent. As a 501c3, Capstone acts as a launch pad for new ministries and charities nationwide. They help new ministries raise money in all 50 states. Super easy to set up. Capstone's dedication to biblical plan giving is written in their mission. That means they fully follow God's word. They are currently forming a new investment portfolio called the Appeal to Heaven Fund, where they only invest in biblically screened stocks. Check out their website for more information at capstonelegacy.org. I have personally used this ministry to get our nonprofit going, and I absolutely love what they do. It's very easy to set up, much less work on my end, and they take care of all the legal business. Check out capstonelegacy.org. Let them know that Tina sent you. And now for this week's theme, Eyewitness Accounts of Heaven. Hello. And we are with a woman who took a trip to heaven and saw Jesus after her tragic accident. Well, at least she didn't land up in hell. We are with Patty Foster, inspirational communicator, TBI survivor, and VP of Hope After Brain Injury, the only faith-based nonprofit organization for brain injury. Patty, you're alive hey. and kicking. Hey, what's happening? It's, it is definitely happening. And since I did go to heaven, I shall never, ever forget. <laughs> Changes life. I just can't believe it. Well, at least you landed in the right direction and not hell. Amen. I mean, we have a hell series coming up. It's not going to be pretty. So thank you for coming back to earth to tell us there is a heaven and hello, Amen. God's word is true. Amen. Wow. Okay. Absolutely. You live with your motto around the world, mad now, make a difference now. You were dead at the crash scene. God wasn't done with you yet. And today your God urgency sense of purpose leads you to bring hope around the world and what I think is absolutely crazy that we have you on, this was not pre-planned, that's shocking, is that March is National Brain Injury Awareness Month. Um, that worked out perfect. Patty, tell us how your life as a former radio personality, inspirational communicator, came to a screeching halt on the evening of June 18th, 2002. Take us back to that crazy night. Yeah, it was about 6.45 in the evening. I just moved back down to Texas from Michigan within that year because I'd been in radio up there. So I bought flowers for all the ladies in the Bible study. We were on our way being good law-abiding citizens, seatbelts on. And so there are four of us in the Tahoe on our way to meet the others. We we're at a traffic light. All lanes of traffic are packed full. And for whatever reason, I'm sitting behind the driver. For whatever reason, I take off my seatbelt to turn and check on the flowers behind me, you know, in that second row behind oh, the storage no. area. Bam! That's when the impact happened. From there, uh, life changed. That is unbelievable. This is what was left of your of your friend's car. This is, I don't even know how you seriously survived. How many people were in the car? 
Yeah, there were four of us. In fact, Tina, I was behind the driver and some of the, the law enforcement, you know, working the scene, they said, Patty, your body came out faster than a measurement of time because I was behind the driver. It, it shot me like a missile out of the back, opposite side of the Tahoe, through the, the window designed not to be opened and that, that metal frame of the body of the Tahoe. So when I came out of that back window on the opposite side, it closed like an accordion and into the air, air I went and was suspended above that SUV until it had spun from beneath me. Then that's when my body, they said, went down to the ground, skidded some three stories across the highway and stopped in a lane of traffic on the north side. Okay. There, there's like 10 things that I want to tell you right now. Number one, did you ever think about the fact that an angel literally like lifted you up and placed yeah. you? <laughs> wow. That's, that's an awesome real kind of thought because only God could have done that. Only God could have done that. I heard so many stories over the years, but that is blowing my mind. Were you a- awake when this was happening? Wow. Thankfully I have no memory at all. So uh, the the last memory I have is, it for some reason just taking off my seatbelt. I don't know why. I don't have any thought or memory or any inclination from beyond that. You took the seatbelt off, but because of that, you were ejected from the vehicle, which could have spared your life. Because had you been seatbelted in there, who knows if you would have survived? Because exactly. you were able to kind of get out of there. But the second thing is. Look at the split second of taking off a seatbelt and all of a sudden you get impacted. So everybody out there, keep your seatbelt on. But in this case, who knows? That might have been the one thing that saved you. That's what they said. When I took off my seatbelt, they said that might have saved your life because you would have been smashed into smithereens had you kept on your seatbelt. I I just don't. That car, there's nothing left of it. What happened? One of your friends died. Was she the one that was sitting next to you in the back seat? Front passenger. Oh. Passenger. Because it it was so great of an impact. So, of course, it just landed her front, back to the dashboard, her seat, console, window, and uh, it ended up severing her spinal cord between the C6 and oh. C7 when mine was fractured. And then her seatbelt ruptured her liver. <sighs> so they worked on her throughout that evening, late at night. And um, then the family had to come in and turn off the life support. She Uh, was one of those people, Tina, she was one of those that to have known Heather was to love Heather. She never met a stranger. She just graduated from high school, accepted the Texas A&M going as a pre-man. A younger girl in her team. Exactly. Oh, that just kills me. And the driver and the woman in the backseat of the car next to you, they survived? Yes. And the lady behind the passenger beside me, Lots of nerve damage, lots of of surgeries and issues. And then Emily, the driver, she and Clint were pregnant with their first little one. Uh, it ended up killing the little one in uh, her womb. Uh, my, that's, my youngest brother's name is Clint. That's a rare name. I mm-hmm. feel so bad for what happened to you guys. Not that we have to focus on this long, but I'm just curious. What happened to the guy that rear-ended you? Was he drunk? Was he not paying attention? Mm-hmm. What in the world? You're at a stoplight. Five drugs in his system, in his blood, talking on his cell phone, completely disconnected from reality. Pray for him. He was given three life sentences back to back. Wow. Okay, this is, a cra- this is going in a different direction than what I thought, but I just have to ask it. Mm-hmm. Did you ever think about going to prison to witness to this guy? 
Well, we've taught, well, in a sense. I've not gone to prison, but one of his ex-wives ordered one of my books, Miraculous Miracles, today. And so I wrote a note. But, but Tina, when I was writing the note, you know, when someone buys a book, I like to write a personal note. When I got the, the PayPal um, email letting me know that it had been ordered, the sending email address was to his prison unit. That fisted me in my gut because I was like, Lord, what am I writing this? This is the man who killed us. Oh. And so it took me a little time, but what hit me was let him know you forgive him. Oh. No matter what it's worth to him, just let him know. And I spoke about salvation and the personal relationship with Jesus, not this play church stuff. Mm-hmm. So um, there are stories in my past speaking. One is a school shooter, Jamie Rouse, and he's in a Tennessee prison. And without giving a ton of details, I'll talk about his story later on in a future episode. He killed a teacher and classmate many years ago. I think it was 1995, somewhere in the mid nineties. And he places faith in the Lord and started a prison ministry as a result. I am praying that your book speaks life into this guy that rear-ended you And not only is his soul saved as a result, but many people in that prison are saved as a result as well. Um, To God be the glory on that one. That's crazy. Wow. Okay, so you get, your body gets hauled off to the hospital and you sent in this unbelievable picture of you in the hospital bed. Tell us about the extent of your injuries. Yeah. Well, the severe brain damage was even with the, uh, the the brain shear where the brain actually does some moving and twisting within the skull and lots of damage on every single lobe. I've learned so much about the brain and uh, with with losing every single function of living. Tina, when I began waking from the coma, it was a very long, arduous process, nothing fast about it. But then I had to be retaught every single basic function of living, of of swallowing, of chewing, of what it meant to let someone put a spoon in my mouth, of food, of blinking, of breathing, everything, every single function I had to relearn. I was 34 when the crash happened. So, uh, you know, it just gives me such urgency. Be about life. What matters? Don't ignore that moment. No more taking for granted. When the Holy Spirit nudges and leads and compels you, you follow that unction, as my aunt always said. And when the Holy Spirit moves, you follow. Don't waste time to understand. That's so true because then we talk ourselves out of it. The enemy comes in to try to destroy God's vision and mission with the time we've got left. And it's God's dream. So he's going to provide for it. Mm-hmm. He's going to be the right, bring the right people and the, and the finances mm-hmm. you need. Man, oh man. Okay, so we're going to talk about heaven. You saw Jesus. You saw heaven. I mean, um, man, you probably did not expect that. No. We'll talk about that in a minute after your 700 Club amazing interview so people can actually get a glimpse of what in the world happened to you during this process. Check this out, everybody. Life-changing. Mm-hmm. Head and body were going at such a full speed that it shot like a missile through that area made of, I suppose, plexiglass. And in fact, one of the eyewitnesses of the accident said she saw something fly out of the Tahoe but she thought it was just a piece of laundry. That piece of laundry was Patty Foster. 
On June 18, 2002, she and three friends were on their way to a Bible study. Patty's SUV was rear-ended by an 18-wheeler traveling 70 miles per hour. Three of the passengers were injured, and sadly, one lost her life. As Patty's body lay mangled in the middle of the road, bystanders began to pray. People that didn't know each other, they began to just join hands automatically. They began to pray with each other. Emergency helicopter crews landed at the scene and transported Patty to the ICU. After an all-night effort, the trauma team was able to sustain Patty's life, but she remained in a coma for six weeks. In addition to multiple other injuries, every lobe of Patty's brain had been severely injured. Her primary injury was to her frontal lobe. Without the frontal lobes functioning and organizing and directing, without the frontal lobes doing that for us, our brain really doesn't function. The doctors met with my family at some point during my coma time and prepared them what to expect. They said, okay, if she does live, she will be a persistent vegetable. As news of Patty's accident began to spread, prayers and support from around the world began to pour in. People from the radio station, from churches, listeners that had just heard about it, just everybody. Patty says it was the power in those prayers that eventually woke her from her coma. We had learned a week prior to this is when we had received the prognosis that she would never walk or talk or speak in complete sentences. And that's when she just kind of focused and looked at me and said, pray for me. And I said, okay. I said, I'll pray for you. I said, that's no problem. And she said, no, pray for me now. After that day, after she said, you know, pray for me, everything completely changed, completely changed. To her doctor's surprise, Patty was released from the ICU and sent to rehab a year earlier than expected. But due to the extent of her brain injury, she still had enormous obstacles to overcome. I learned, had to relearn how to swallow, breathe on my own, blink, open my mouth, move my head, move my hands, fine motor skill. They had to reteach me the numbers. They had to reteach me my alphabets. Uh, every single thing. Through it all, only one thing remained the same for Patty. My love for God was there the entire time. It didn't leave. I didn't have to relearn that. From the stories that I've been told, that's the one thing that remained a constant throughout it all. Patty's rehabilitation progressed swiftly, and after only one month of treatments, she was released from the hospital and sent home. Her total recovery is amazing, and the fact that it happened so rapidly, those are two things I did not expect. Patty also regained her ability to process information, and eventually, she was able to pursue her career in public speaking. And she's able to go back to something that most people without a brain injury could not have done. And certainly for her to have recovered that ability is nothing short of a miracle. Today, Patty travels around the world sharing her story with others about God's miracle in her life. And I want to be there just to encourage people in a real way because of what I've gone through as long as I live. He will use that tragedy that Satan intended to rip me into shreds. But as long as I live, that miracle that began on June 18, 2002, will live on to my Father's glory. All right, so if that wasn't enough, 
Jesus is like, you know what? Let's just do a quick visitation. I'm going to bring you up to heaven. We're going to see some action here. When, during this whole traumatic experience, did you actually see heaven? Yeah, yeah. I don't know exactly when I went because time doesn't exist. Uh And that's not even part, you know, of life when you're in heaven. However, comma, when I was there, I'll never forget it. Because, Tina, when, when I was in whatever the area of the room was, he came to my left side. And with his right hand, he touched my left elbow. He didn't grab it. You know, like a mom will, will grab or grip onto our kid's arm. No, he didn't grip or grab. Uh, he just touched. And immediately when that, when his hand touched my elbow, it was connected. And he and I never looked at him. I knew his presence. I knew his voice. I recognized. And he said, not yet, Patty. It's not your time. <sighs> and with that, he took me through. It was like two huge double doors like you see in the OR. And we went through. He didn't touch a doorknob or a handle or open or turn or walk or touch. Just shoot through. And I remember this long hall. And I remember there were huge white columns. And I remember three of them. And I remember as we went down, things started getting brighter and brighter and brighter. And then shoot, I was back here. But I remember the colors and everything was so bright. You know, like here on earth, when the sun is so bright, you have to have your shades. Yes. Um, it was that brightness, but it, it didn't hurt your eyes. You didn't have to have your shades. And every every shade, every hue of every color, and his presence, his voice, never forget. That is just unbelievable, but believable. Do you know if when this went down, were you in the hospital or were you I on the street? Yeah. yeah, I wonder, was I still on the highway with the white sheet pulled oh. over me when I was dead? Because everything was ripped open. I mean, not too graphic, but right. all this part of my face ripped open, an eyeball hanging out, and well over 60% of my blood. And I was broken, discombobulated in ways the body wasn't made to design to endure. So was it during that time? Was it on the helicopter flight, emergency flight to the acute hospital? Was it in the hospital? Was it when my body shut down into the coma when they were trying to keep me out of shock and they were trying to put me onto the helicopter? I know not, my liege. So mm-hmm. you were you took the seatbelt off. You looked behind you to check the flowers. You guys got impacted. You don't remember anything else until you came out of that coma. Yeah, and even then, it was long-term when I began. In fact, I was in downtown Dallas at Baylor Rehab, the main, when I began waking from the coma, when I began having my first, you know, conscious memory. Oh, um, but nothing made sense to me. Only what was in front of my face made sense or that I knew. Otherwise, nothing came. I had no idea. In most words, I didn't understand. Nothing made sense. It did not uh, connect with my brain. To my okay. understanding. Okay, I have to ask you this this crazy question in the mix here because I've have been interviewing different people, and right when people come out of a coma, sometimes it can give them anxiety or fear because they can't possibly speak, they don't recognize people. You couldn't hardly do anything; you had to basically relearn everything. Did you have a panic attack when you came out of the coma? Not that I know of, but I know with brain injury, you have agitation. 
throughout it all, especially with that frontal lobe and temporal and all the damage that that took. So I know there was constant agitation because I have to fight with that even today because of all the damage that happened there. Unbelievable. Okay, and you were married at the time. I, well, he and I were talking about marriage, but things changed and, and he married someone else. And so, Are you married today? Not yet. Are you dating? I'm asking you questions that weren't even planned. Yeah. I'm so sorry. But I'm always open. It's like, okay, Lord, but he has me so much about his business. Uh, someone's going to have to be a real runner for God to stay up with me. But I know, it, you know, like Hebrews 12, we're going to run this race with perseverance that he's marked out. Are you, is your yeah. desire someday to get married? I would love to. If the well, Lord has it. Because I've, I've been near so many times in my life. But he keeps something else happens, just like the crash and the wreck. And so my, my sweet friend, he married one of my sweetest college friends. And so, uh, Patty, so I know God's got this planned. He has a plan for you. And our listeners, along with myself, will be praying that the perfect knight in shining armor and mm-hmm. you running the race together will come side by side here. I, I don't even know why mm-hmm. I asked you that. I hope it's not too personal, but... <laughs> Uh, let's pray for the for the right person at the right time. You are just such a neat woman. I'm like, Thank you. yes, that's it's got to happen. Exactly. Unreal. Okay, I know that you love the Lord and you love Scripture and His Word. Is there a particular verse of Scripture that comforted you doing during these bleak times, and you were learning how to function and live again? You leaned on the Word of God. Does any verse pop out that really helped you through all this? Yeah, actually near the end, you know, when I, they were teaching me how to read again, because I had to learn how to, I had to learn how to write ABCs, capitals, lowercase, how to read, how to speak again. And so I was learning, relearning, and some friends had given me a small Bible. So when I was in transitional rehab, one night it just fell open to Psalm 40, verse one. That was the very first verse, Tina that God directed me to, that I was able to read since the crash. And that was the key verse. Huge. That's when I found out that Heather had been killed in the crash. Uh, they couldn't tell me until then. Because they, they didn't know, you know, if I would have shut down and, and not continue to fight. But look how God provided for me, Tina. Listen to this. I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. I booed like a baby, but he walked me through. Psalm 40, verse 1. That's huge to me. Since this is the month of traumatic brain injury awareness, which is unbelievable, and there are people watching this right now who maybe they themselves had a TBI or they have a family member who has or is dealing with it right now, where can they go for help and resources? What's all available out there for them? Exactly. Lots of resources on my personal website, pattyfoster.com, P-A-T-T-I-F-O-S-T-E-R.com. Also, hopeafterbraininjury.org, hopeafterbraininjury.org. You also have a fantastic book that's out there. Coping with Traumatic Brain Injury, what will people find in here for excellent info? Oh, yeah. That excellent info, because it will take you, you actually go into the brain 
of a brain injury person. They use this at some medical schools so that you'll see as an individual, as a friend, as a healthcare professional, as a survivor, some of the things that are actually going through us when you have no idea, when we're, we're in a coma, so we're like the living dead and things are still happening. Um, so it just really puts things in perspective. It's a, it's a real page turner. It's only about 126 pages, you know, short and to the point, but it's so readable and you will connect. That's fantastic. You also have a kid's book. This is amazing. I'm so excited. This is the first book for kiddos with brain injury written by a brain injury survivor. Okay, Patty, before I let you go, Saturday, April 23rd at 8 a.m., Hope After Brain Injury has an annual virtual brain injury conference, Thriving After Brain Injury. Go to hopeafterbraininjury.org and you can find out more information about how to get involved and what's going to be and what time. Who would have thought being ejected, who knows how many miles an hour, through this Tahoe years ago would bring a journey that you've currently been on and all the people you're helping as a result. So thank you for being alive. If I was in heaven, I wouldn't want to come back down, but God said he wasn't done with you yet, and I'm glad he wasn't. You're saving so many lives. Keep at it, woman. Stay tuned for our last action-packed episode with Hollywood insider Tina Griffin on K-Praise. Right after this. We are in a cancel culture. Is your money safe? Are you holding it in a place that shares your conservative Christian values? If your funds are not with a financial institution that shares your values, they may be in jeopardy if you are not in agreement with their secular values. American Christians could lose billions of charitable donations without even knowing it. Capstone Legacy Foundation's charter ensures that we follow donor intent. Please go to capstonelegacy.org to help us see if you need to change where you are holding your assets for planned giving. That's capstonelegacy.org.